February is here. The love month, right? Peter's saying, yeah, the love month, right? Right, Peter? <laughs> oh, his birthday's in February. Good, good. So there was some love that took place in order for Peter to be here. Um, but uh, according to Hallmark, this is the, this is the love month. And, and, uh, and by the way, guys, Valentine's Day is in just less than two weeks. So little heads up on that. Did you know that, uh, little, little fun fact, did you know that a lot of women give birth in late August through November? And actually, the, the, the most popular birth month in the United States is late August. August is the, the, uh, the, the most popular birthday month in the United States, and it's January and, and February, December are generally colder months. And there tends to be a little more cuddling during those months. Cold weather and snow and the holidays and romantic fires. Just the right equation for intentional extended cuddling. A lot of times intentional extended cuddling leads to other things that God uses to create little humans. I was born in August. My parents aren't here. So that's my story. <laughs> that's my story. This morning we're going to start talking about being a storyteller. Talking about being a storyteller. And we just finished up a series about uh, God's uh, pursuit, His heart to pursue the lost. And hopefully that will stir us on towards evangelism. Towards sharing what God has done in our hearts. And evangelism, evangelism a lot of times for Christians is one of those words that... Uh, that kind of makes you cringe a little bit, makes you shudder, makes you, you know, you kind of put up these walls around your heart, you know, and it's, it's, it's right there with some other words like uh, giving or submission. These types of words that sometimes can, can uh, uh, just kind of make us a little uneasy. And, uh, and yet it's very, very biblical Evangelism and witnessing doesn't have to be something that's scary. It doesn't have to be something that's intimidating. It doesn't have to be something of it's, uh, that we avoid. Sharing our faith can simply be telling our story or telling a story about God's faithfulness. Over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at three stories that tell uh, a story that... that uh, three. Three places in Scripture where a story is told and it had a huge impact on the world. Had a huge impact on history and, the, and the, the people there. When we follow the examples we find in God's Word um, and we can tell a gospel-centered, a Jesus-centered story, it can cause others to meet Jesus. It can remind us of God's faithfulness. It can remind us and and. Uh, and proclaim to others God's faithfulness. And it can give us and others the courage to obey and to live an uh, unshakable life of faith. So Father, this morning as we, as we dive into this, we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us. Pray that uh, we would be moved, that we would be touched. Not just some emotional thing, but it would, it would move us towards life change. It would move us towards 
getting out of ourselves and thinking about other people. How we can tell the story of your goodness so that others would see your goodness as well and be drawn to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So storyteller, being a storyteller. Storytellers all throughout history, or stories all throughout history have been used to, uh, to communicate things. Throughout Scripture, stories are used. We see, we just looked at three important stories uh, the last few weeks that Jesus told. Stories, telling a story to communicate something. Stories in Scripture were written down. They were, they were written down, they were told from the mouth, as, we, as Jeff shared, uh, an opportunity to tell a story about God's goodness, but they're also written down, God's Word, God's Word, Scripture, from Genesis all the way through Revelation is a story about God's interaction with people, God's pursuit of people, and I'm thankful that he wrote, that he instructed the writers to write down what he wrote. And that's why it's so important for us to, to, to read and to study and to know Scripture. There are many reasons, but one very important reason is that we can look back and we can see God's faithfulness. We can see the ways that He's pursued us. We can see the ways that He sacrificed for us because He loved us so much. And we can read these stories that can be encouraging to us. Our main text this morning with this first story is going to be out of John 4. So if you want to turn there, that would be good. John chapter 4, which focuses on Jesus' interaction with the Samaritan woman. I'm not going to dive really deep into the whole passage. Jeff did a great job, uh, man, it was a few months ago, of, of kind of breaking that uh, story down. Diving really deep into that story. I'm not going to do that this morning, but, but, so, but a little bit of the backstory of that is the Samaritan woman, she goes to the well, okay? She goes to the well around noon, and in this culture, women would usually go in the morning or the evening to avoid the heat, and so we see something just a little bit strange, a little bit off here, that she, it says she goes during the noon hour, during the midday, and the fact that she goes in the midday, you know, I, I imagine her... Uh, her wearing some sort of uh, shawl or covering, and we see she we see this indicates to us that uh, that that she's trying to avoid something. She's she's going out of her way to do something different, probably because she's avoiding something. She's avoiding the crowds, and this tells us that that uh, that that she willing to go in the heat of the day in order to avoid crowds. And this is where Jesus meets her in the midday. And, and, and later on we find out uh, about her many husbands. Jesus brings up her many husbands. And now we see probably why she was going in the midday to avoid the crowds. Most likely there was embarrassment and shame there that made her feel like an outcast. Everyone, how many of you, you know who well, what Pixar is, Pixar Studios, okay? Pixar Studios is the studio owned by Disney that makes a lot of the animated films, and one of Pixar's rules for storytelling, Pixar actually has rules for storytelling, 
Every great story follows this same structure. Once upon a time, there was a blank. Every day they blank. But one day blank happened and everything changed. That's the, that's the structure that, that every Pixar story, if you go and watch or you think about the stories, you can probably put this structure, you can, or you can see this structure in all of Pixar's stories. But one day blank and everything changed. One day something happened and everything changed. And after Jesus offers the woman at the well this water that will satisfy And that's the main point of the story. This water, Jesus says, you come here looking for water and and you're going to come back again tomorrow. And you're going to come back again the next day. And you're going to come back again the next day. He says, I have a water. I provide this water that is everlasting. It's once. It's always satisfying. You don't have to keep coming back for more because it's emptied somehow. He says, the, the water that I provide is satisfying. And then he switches the subject to her many husbands. He's pointing out an area in her life that she's trying to fit into that third blank in the story structure. And she got a husband and everything changed. But it didn't work. So she tried another husband. And another husband. And another husband. You can see she's trying to fit something into this hole to try to bring satisfaction, to try to, to try to fulfill something in her. The only thing that comes into our story that changes everything is Jesus. The only thing that comes into our story that changes everything or that has the, the power to change everything in your life is Jesus. Not a relationship Not a good job, not everyone liking us. You fill in whatever you're trying to fit into that. You will always have to be coming back for more if those are the things you're trying to get to fill that space. And he says, I'm the only thing that can fill that. And when you fill that space with me, you will always be satisfied. And so this is where we pick up the story, John 4, 39 through 42. That was all just backstory. This is the part I want to focus on. John 4, 39-42 says, Now many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of what the woman said when she testified. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came to him, him being Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed with them two days. Many more believed because of what he said. And they told the woman, the Samaritans went to the woman and said, We no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and now know that this really is the Savior of the world. It says, Many Samaritans in the town believed because of what the woman said. They believed because of what the woman said. She went and told her story to the town And because of her story, it says, many believed. Because of what this woman said, because of the story this woman told, many believed. 
When the woman says in verse 39, he told me everything that I did. She's only communicating really half of what is amazing about this, about this interaction. The most, the most amazing part about this interaction is that he knew everything that she did and yet still wanted to speak with her. Still wanted to know her. And for a woman acting like this, acting like an outcast, this was incredible. She was trying to avoid the crowds. And yet this person wanted to stay, wanted to talk with her, wanted to get to know her, wanted to share with her. And so she goes and she tells her story. People in the town say, we no longer believed because of what you said. Or they could say, it's no longer because of the story that you told. And if it's no longer because of the story that she told, means at one point they believed because of the story that she told. At one point it was because of the story that she told that they believed. It was because of the story that she told that they wanted to come to Jesus. It says, what does it say? It says, uh, it says they heard her story and many believed and they went to Jesus. Because of her story, they sought Jesus out. He stays with them two days and they come and they say, yeah, you were right. That story was spot on. It's no longer because of the story that it was. It was one time, the, part, the, the reason we believed. And now we've heard him, we've interacted with him, we've spent time with him. And now we know for sure this is the Savior of the world. Think of a, a, a band that you listen to, a, a music group that you listen to, or a TV show that you watch, or... Uh, a book that you read. How did you find out about that? How did you find out about that band or that book or that TV show? A lot of times it starts with a friend, doesn't it? A friend who can't shut up about it. A friend who can't stop talking about it and bragging about it. And they tell you the story of how they came to it and, and, uh, and it gets you interested yourself. And then you check it out for yourself. That's what's happening here. She's telling a story about how, what Jesus did for her. Because of that story, it says, many believed. In Mark chapter 5, we're going to shift to another story here. Mark chapter 5, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee where he meets a demon-possessed man. Again, we're not going to read the whole backstory, but you know a little bit about it. The man is living outside of the town in the tombs. He's screaming and he's, he's possessed. He's, he's cutting himself. They've chained him up so many times and he just he breaks those chains. They can't keep him bound. He's living out alone. It says he's naked and he's cutting himself. Jesus casts the demons out of him into a herd of pigs. They go over the edge and the town goes, where are all of our pigs? What happened to all of our pigs? What happened to our livelihood here? And so they come out <clears throat> to where Jesus and this man are. And they, it says they find the man clothed and in his right mind. 
Scripture says they were, they were afraid and they asked Jesus to leave. But this guy that, that Jesus uh, cast these demons out of, his life was changed. His life was saved. And so naturally he wants to go with Jesus and this is where we pick up the story. Mark 5, 18 through 20. As he was getting, as Jesus, he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him earnestly that he might remain with him. Jesus did not let him, but told him, go to your home, to your own people, and report to them how much the Lord has done for you, and how he has had mercy on you. So he went out to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and they were all amazed. They were all amazed. This is the power of the woman's story. This is the power of this man's story. Stories have power. When we tell stories about what Jesus has done for us, how he's changed our lives, it can have the same effect on other people. Just as it did with these Samaritans. Just as it did in, the, in the, this ten city region on the eastern edge of the Roman Empire, the Decapolis. It, it means ten cities. He went out proclaiming to these ten cities what Jesus had done for him. And the Samaritan woman and this demon-possessed man telling their story caused many to be interested. Hey, maybe this guy could do the same thing for me. Maybe he can change my life too. Maybe this guy could love and accept me. Like he did that woman. Like he did that guy. Maybe he could do the same for me. Maybe this guy can give me my life back. Maybe? I'm going to check it out. Many believed in their stories. Many believed their stories, but they didn't understand. They couldn't understand until they knew the story. Right? They couldn't fully understand what Jesus had did uh, in, in these people until these people told their story. Until they knew the backstory. And I want you to take just a second and watch this. There's a video I want you to watch. I'm going to watch that right now. It's a little weird, right? Some of you may be laughing. Some of you may be confused, even a little disturbed. I know that the first, the first two people that I showed this video to had that reaction. A little confused. Almost a little disturbing. We can't fully appreciate or understand this video unless we know the story behind it. The story behind it is this. This is a, a Canadian band called The Tragically Hip. And in 2015, lead singer was di diagnosed with a terminal illness. And so they played a final concert so he could conform, uh, perform one last time before he passed away. And this video was the last song 
of the last concert as he knew he would be walking off the stage for the last time. Everything changes when you know the story behind it, doesn't it? You see the anger and the sadness when you know the story behind it. The meaning, the emotion behind the yelling and the crying, you understand. Makes a little bit more sense, doesn't it? Do people know your story? People know why you walk through hard times, the darkest times, with your head up full of hope. Do people know why? Eric, thank you for sharing your story. Testimony to God's goodness and His faithfulness. Do people know why you have peace in the fiercest storms? Do people know? Do they know the story behind that? Do people know why you go to church? People know why you believe and you trust in and submit to Jesus. Do they think it's just something weird that you do because you should? You feel like you should. They won't understand until you tell your story. They won't know your story unless you tell it. I've got a friend from camp named Ryan, back when we were down in southwest Michigan. He sent me an email a little bit ago, and he said, uh, I recently wrote out my testimony and wanted you to read it. When Casey and I first started, uh, started attending church, we were not believers. In fact, in his testimony, he says they came to church for two years before they, were, they believed and trusted in Jesus said, we had a lot of questions and we came to church to get those answers. Just wanted you to know that I was watching you back then. Thanks for walking upright. You and Katie definitely had an impact on Casey and I. You still do. And he goes through his testimony. He writes, he wrote it all out. And this for him probably is, is, is multifunctional, but one of the things that he wants to do with this is to be able to have the story written down. So when he goes through tough times, he can look back and see God's faithfulness. So when his children ask him about the things that God has done, he can point them to this and say, let me tell you. Let me tell you what God did. He goes through and he, and he talks about uh, his upbringing, how they they kind of went to church, but it wasn't it, you know it was just kind of something you did. He was in a motorcycle accident. And then he he had some things go on in his life where uh, it was it was a real low point, and so he said, well maybe maybe religion. So he goes through and he he tries out all these different religions. He reads and researches, researches and researches and researches all the the the, the major religions in the world. He had questions and he somehow he made it to a church softball game. And this guy pulls up, he, he loves motorcycles. Had, a, had a, a tragic motorcycle accident when he was younger. But he loves motorcycles. Shows up at this softball game and 
Guy pulls up on a Harley. He goes, ooh, a fellow motorcycle lover. He walks over, strikes up a conversation with this guy. They have a great long conversation about motorcycles. The guy leaves, and his wife comes over, and he says, uh, he says oh, yeah, it was a good conversation. She said, do you know who that was? Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the pastor of the church. Pastors don't like motorcycles. That can't be. Because what comes along with motorcycles, right? The swearing and the drinking and the sex and all these things is this, you know, and, and, he, and he, he came across someone who had a similar interest. He said, well, that, maybe that's a place that I want to, let's check that place out. And they came for two years and they watched and they asked questions. And people told them stories about how God had changed their lives. It got him interested. They ended up surrendering their lives to Jesus. But this is a testimony of God's goodness, a story that he has that he can share with other people. What's your story? You have a story? No, let me rephrase that. You have a story. Do you know it? Do others know it? Have you written it down? I'd encourage you to write down your stories. Write down these stories, Eric, with the sparrow hitting the window. I'm so glad that that cat didn't finish it off because that, that that, the end of that story was going to be strange. I was wondering where you were going to pull the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the analogy from there. But uh, um, write these stories down because it, it can be so easy to forget. It can be so easy to forget the details of those things. You, maybe you remember the, the, the gist, the, the, the big picture of the story, but the details. His, he, he wrote this testimony out and it's front and back, uh, about six pages, so almost 12 pages total. About God and his faithfulness and his search for the Lord. And he now has this and he can, he can share this with other people. He can tell his story to other people. He can tell his story and show this story to his children. Katie and I's, uh, our life verse, our ministry verse is found in Psalm 78. Verses 2 through 8, it says, uh, We will declare wise sayings, and we will speak, I will speak mysteries from the past, things we have heard and known, and that our fathers have passed down to us. We will not hide them from their children but will tell the future, uh, future generation the praiseworthy worthy acts of the Lord, His might and the wondrous works He has performed. He has established, he established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel which He commands our fathers to teach to their children so that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know. They will rise and tell their children so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep His commandments. Then they will not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not loyal and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Telling our story. 
Write down your story. Write down your stories so that those who come after you can be pointed to Jesus because they've heard what he has done for you. Sometimes I think we can downplay we can downplay the significance of what Jesus has done for us. And we look at, again, I've struggled with this. We, I look at stories like Ryan's here. I look at some of the stories that, that some of you have, and I go, oh, man, I wish I had an awesome testimony like that. I, play, I downplay my story. But again, just this, the same thing that he did in, in Ryan's heart transformed and he changed his heart from darkness to light from death to life he did that in my heart too and the stories that i have of his faithfulness since then books and books and books the same thing that he did for me the same thing that he did for ryan the same thing that he did for you has he can do for other people. Other people have the opportunity to be changed the same way that you did because Jesus and his blood and what he did on the cross, what we celebrate with communion, what we remember in communion, that's life-changing. It's the only thing that we can plug into that, that part of our story that will satisfy, renew, revive deadness, death, Your story can lead others to meet Jesus. Know your story and tell your story as often as people will listen. Amen? Know your story. I'd, take you, I'd encourage you to write down your story. Take it and, 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 man, from start to finish. It may be 12 pages long. That's fine. It may be a whole book of the things that God has done for you. Write it down in detail and then know a five-minute version so that you can share that with other people. That will pique interest. Like the woman did, it says, she went and told her story, and they believed because of her story. And that wanted them to pursue Jesus. You telling your story, and is it causing people to pursue Jesus, to look, at, look for, and to go and find Jesus? Father, we thank you for the stories in Scripture. Thank you for these, these two examples that we looked at today. Thank you, that, you uh, that these people were faithful in telling their story, and because of that, lives were changed. Father, I thank you that we all have a story. We all have a story that, that points, to, points to you. I pray that we would not be afraid of that story, not be embarrassed of that story, that we would tell as many people as we can our story. Our story can point people towards life-changing salvation that is found in Jesus. Would you cause us to, uh, would you give us courage? Would you give us strength? Would you give us the words to say when we communicate that story so that others can have a story as well? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Write down your story. Go tell your story. Go tell it on the mountain. That's right. If you need help with that, man, I've had over the last, uh, over the last month, I've had a couple of people bring their story.
and, uh, and, and just, just read through it. It's encouraging to me. I've been encouraged by other people's stories. Eric, I was encouraged by your story. Catherine, encouraged by your story. Our stories can not only point people towards Jesus, but can, it just gives us, it's just encouraging. It's good for, for the body of Christ to hear uh, other stories about God's goodness. Amen?